Welcome to the worship seminar. Uh, no, I hope I get to meet all of you. I try to make eye contact as much as possible, walking around and smile. Because in the States, uh, I'm Annabeth Morgan. I'm from Denver, Colorado. I'm not from there. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. So if you know anything about the United States, where I was born is nothing like where I live now. Um, the political climate where I was born is very different than where I currently live. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. So um, in the South, where I was from, if you make eye contact and smile, immediately it gives the person permission to just start talking to you. It's a very friendly area of the United States. The Deep South is what they call it. In Denver, Colorado, if you make eye contact and smile at someone, they like hold on to their wallet. They think, <laughs> they think that you're taking something from them. <laughs> but I'm still Southern, and so I just find myself, you know, walking around this camp, smiling and making eye contact so that all of you know I want to know you. I want to know you so much. Uh, I'm here with my whole family. Uh, my husband's Kyle. He's a quiet man but loves to talk if you one-on-one sit with him. He would hate doing this right now. Um, And then I'm here with our children, Jovi. My daughter's uh, almost seven, and then Miles is four. So that's my family. Uh, Thank you for having me, Maria. Um, This is, I, I, did you guys, I cried a lot this morning in that first session. I just felt, I just felt the Lord. I cried in worship, and then I, I laughed. It was one of those mornings where I was laughing my head off because, your meeting leader was hilarious, and then we all know Mike Pilavachi's hilarious, and then he'd tell a God story, and I'd start crying again, and then he'd say something hilarious, and I'd start laughing again. Do you, do you know? Do you know? Okay. So that, that experience, uh, I found myself in the bathroom going, pull it together. You have to teach a seminar. Pull it together. Pull it together. So forgive me if, um, if I'm a little spacey. Is that okay? Do you know this word spacey? It means... Yeah, out of it a little bit. Um, I need to pull the room because I don't know you. And they didn't say, like, this is a seminar specific to fill in the blank. So how many of you lead worship in some setting? At your church, in a small group, you lead worship. Oh, that's a lot of you. Good. How many of you are on your worship team? You play an instrument, you run sound, you... Okay, okay, yeah, it's okay. And then how many of you don't do any worship and you just got crazy enough to come to the worship seminar. Those are the ones I'm afraid of. (laughs) What is your expectation of me? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, good. Well, uh, I, I did pray, uh, before I came to your country and asking the Lord, you know, whenever they give you the topic of worship, It's like, hey, I want you to talk about the whole Bible in an hour and 15 minutes kind of a thought, right? And uh, and I found myself being spoken to uh, from the Lord about helping you guys just remember a few things. And so the risk of that is that you don't need remembering. (laughs) The risk is that you leave here and you're like, I already knew all that. I hadn't forgotten. Um, So, but... Even this morning as I was praying, I felt like the Lord said, I told you what to talk about. Um, so it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. And so today we're not going to, I would like to answer any questions you have. Like if you came in the seminar today thinking, I hope Annabeth tells us fill in the blank and it's very practical about worship. Can you just, uh, if we run out of time, can you grab me and ask me anything during the week? I'm here until Friday night. Uh, So just grab me and say, hey, I had some questions about this with, you know, the practicalities of worship, like our worship team or logistics. Or does that make sense? Will you just, because we're not going to talk about very practical worship things in this moment. So if that disappoints you, I'll close my eyes and you can leave the room now and go to someone else's seminar. Ready? Go. Okay. Okay. Um. So just some things to remember, uh, things that I live by that I think um, serve me in life as a leader. How many of you actually feel and have called yourself a leader before? Okay, so half of you are like, and then the other half of you are like, that's a weird word, isn't it? It's very weird to say, like, how many of you say, hi, my name's Annabeth Morgan and I'm a leader. 
you know, when you like introduce yourself to someone. Um, many times I think we find ourselves not uh, not confident if we are leaders. And what exactly does a leader look like? Well, a leader obviously looks like Ted Jeans, who leads Sweden, and Per Christian, who leads Norway, and Fleming, and I don't know his last name, who leads Denmark, and Ari, and I don't know his last name, who leads Finland, you know? Like you, there's this thing around leadership. And I think it's important for you to know that if anyone's paying attention to you, like what you say, or or if you, in quotes, look behind you and there's one little person, either, I mean, little, not literally little, if there's anyone following you, you're a leader. And so that means the way you live your life really matters. And it's like, Annabeth, why are you being so serious right away? Well, because I think this calling of worship, uh, to live a life of worship, so for those of you that do not lead worship or are not on your worship teams, you're still called to worship. Everything is, right? It says if we don't worship in the scriptures, the rocks and the trees, they cry out and they worship. Worship is happening even if we're not opening our mouths to do it. The whole earth is yearning and and pointing its, you know, its affections and attentions to this thing of God who created it. And we are part of the created order of earth, right, as human beings. And so we all worship. Hello. Um, and so, <coughs> hi. And so, it is to be taken seriously. The way that you order your life, the time that you give to all the different things your job, your children, your marriage, your roommates, if you're not married, you know, your grandchildren, your friendships, the time you give to the Lord, you know, all of this stuff is important because your whole life is worship. It's not just this thing of music that we do. You Maybe you've heard that before. Worship is not just music we sing. It's our whole lives live before the Lord. And so the thing I wanted to start with today is that I say this, and I hope it makes sense. You know, our Sunday services are on Sunday. So some of you may meet on Saturday. So just move the saying around. But what you do with your life Monday through Saturday informs what you do in leadership on Sunday. Now, it sounds like, are you just talking to the worship leader right now? No. Because if you're on the stage uh, playing bass, people view you as a leader because you're on the stage. You're elevated, sometimes literally, even if your stage is flat. But you're, you're in front of them, and they're following something that you're doing. Does that make sense? And if you're behind the soundboard or the slides, uh, people are following the, the, the thing that you're serving your community with. Like, without the sound person, I mean, that sound person has a lot of power in their little fingers. They can just hit that mute button, and you don't, you don't, you're not heard. <laughs> and the slides person, I mean, you know, we, we don't really like communicate. I don't, I don't find myself communicating well always with my slides person, but the reality is, is if they're not putting the lyrics up that I'm singing, my church is not singing with me because let's be honest, most people are not listening to Christian music day in and day out the way that I may as a worship leader, you know? So, how you spend your time Monday through Saturday really matters in how you show up on Sunday. Now, if you spend time with Jesus regularly, if you have some version of rhythm with him, then it just things are going to flow. Beauty is going to flow out of you really freely on Sunday in what you say to people, in what you believe God's going to do, your expectation level of, of what he's going to do when you meet together. And... I find that, if I'm honest, it's really easy to forget Monday through Saturday to have these very sacred rhythms with Jesus because things happen. Something's out of your control. Sickness with children really wrecks things. <laughs> uh, uh, if you have a full-time job, I have a full-time job. Mine is at church, but still, it's not like I... My full-time job, so many people ask me that, especially aren't believers, they're like, do you just sit around reading the Bible and playing your guitar all day? 
I'm like, I wish. Uh, no, I deal with people, and usually they're in crisis. And I print sheets off, and I send emails. Like, uh, you know, I do regular job-type things. Um, but sometimes my job, I can let my calendar get really, really full of meetings with people and things, and then I find myself, I haven't done anything that, again, feeds this intimate life with Jesus that actually makes me a really good leader. Does that make sense? You all are in here because you hopefully love to worship. And so when I say that what you do Monday through Saturday matters, I don't know about in your countries, but in the United States, there's this, I think it's dangerous if I'm honest, but there's this thing where people will say like, I don't listen to worship music very much. It's not very good. I never, then their, their favorite thing to say, and these are worship people, like worship leaders. And their favorite thing to say is, oh, Christian radio is so cheesy and I would never listen to that. And that's fine. I don't listen to Christian radio. I mean, who listens to the radio? I, we don't really, I feel like the radio is there, but we don't really use it, right? We use Apple Music and Spotify and iTunes, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what's dangerous in that is I find that it's easier to lead worship um, when I've bathed myself in the songs I'm going to lead. I don't even mean, and again, I'm talking about a leader, but like if my worship team comes in and I can tell on Sunday it's going to go really, really well when like my electric guitar player says, I can't wait to play this song in the set all week I've been listening to and it's really moved me. That's a different version of, of leadership. It's a different version of preparation for, for the roles that you have. You know what I'm saying? And so in our church, uh, I send out our set list earlier in the week to everybody that's serving, including the slides person, including the sound person. And I just encourage them, hey, listen to this stuff this week and soak yourself in the worship that we're going to invite the church to enter into. Because, again, it's a different type of leadership. There, You get more weight on it. You spend time with it. Like my husband. If I didn't spend time with my husband dating him before we got married, it would have been very terrifying to say I do and attach my life to him because I wouldn't have known him. You know? And so this helps us know the thing that we're actually worshiping. It's super important to, and I get it, not all worship music's great, right? Like if we're real honest, there's a lot that's just like, you know, um, there's songs that don't have the theology that lines up with what we believe is right. There's just sounds that are not pleasing to your ear, right? Like we all have opinions, but I just felt like um, the Lord wanted to remind you to fall in love with actually the worship music again. Now, am I saying never listen to your favorite bands like The Killers and, <laughs> and you know, other secular bands? No, of course not. Listen to all of it. Listen to all the music you love. But, but don't forget to listen to worship music. Don't forget. And sometimes it's hard because I'm leading songs on a Sunday that feel right for the moment in my church, but they're not necessarily like my favorite worship songs, right? Because it's really weird if worship leaders only lead their favorite songs. Just if I say that and you're like, uh-oh, good. You should go think about that. I mean, the reality is, is we are there to serve the people of God with songs that help them enter into his presence easily. And sometimes, if I'm honest, um, I know this is recorded, so forgive me. But like, build my life, I don't want to sing that again. Why? Because I've sang it a lot, you know? And for me, it still says the right things. And I just actually let it here at your conference because it was the right spot. And I knew, you know, we should do it. But but I'm not excited about it personally, right? Because I've led it 10 million times. Um, and that's where the service part of leadership comes in. And again, 
I can also what I'm what I'm trying to say is on Monday through or Monday through Saturday I can think I don't need to listen to that song I know it and I'm already like not excited about it but I know my church is going to worship and I think the Lord kind of spoke when I was thinking about the set list you know I'm already obeying listen to it anyway because then you won't miss the new invitation God has in that song for that Sunday right because that song has a million different little you know the books they're called choose your own adventure books do you know what this is okay so in the states it's a book where instead of reading like page to page to page you'll get to a certain page and it'll say you can go to the next page or you can skip to page 96 and it'll give you a whole nother story if you read it in that order so this is a book that you can start at the front and read like seven different times and get seven different stories depending on the order that you read it in. Do you know what I'm saying? It's called a choose your own adventure book. So many times these worship songs that we lead that are simple and repetitive and not musically uh, complicated in any way are choose your own adventure worship songs, meaning God is highlighting things uh, like in Build My Life the other night. We didn't start with worthy of every song we could ever sing. We started with Jesus, the name above every other name, because that's where I knew God wanted to start the song. Right? How do I, how do I know that? Um, I just want to tell you really quickly, Annabeth is not a superhuman and has special super bat phones to heaven. And, you know, I'm not holier than you. If anything, if you hang out with me at this camp, you'll see I lose my temper with my children. I say words I shouldn't. Um, I'm as human as you are, but spending time Monday through Saturday with these things that inform how I lead people is why I, I can be more specific in what I want to do in a moment. Does that make sense? We need... We just we need more humans that love to worship God on the planet that it's it really is more of a lifestyle than a service they give to the church on Sunday thought. And there's a guy named um an old worship guy named Kevin Prosh and he in songwriting he would say if you want to start writing a song sing your prayers. So basically just put music to the things that you're going to pray. Like if I'm just going to do it on the fly here. Come Lord, move in this place, right? Like I'm, I would just say, come Lord and move in this room, have your way, right? Like that may be a prayer I pray before this room we started. If you just put melody to those words, you get a song. And what that affords is prayer and worship are like peanut butter and chocolate. Sorry for those of you that are like, ew. But for me, there's no better combination in life than peanut butter and chocolate. You can ask my husband. He's like, she loves Reese's Cups. <laughs> um, it, there's no better combination. Salt and pepper. Whatever your deal is. Whatever your jam is, think about that. Uh, worship and prayer are the same. Now, why, you're like, Annabeth, I thought you were talking about all this worship stuff. Why are we going to prayer? Because a big part of what you do on Monday through Saturday should be praying. Like, I don't mean like sitting. I get it. Like, I have children. I have a full-time job. What are you saying, Annabeth? I'm saying take every opportunity to talk to God. And I don't even mean like, those of you that are like, I don't, I'm not in charge of the set list, Annabeth. I'm not the worship leader. Again, I'm like, just on the team, or I just love to worship the Lord. Yeah, but your presence and how you show up at church, how you show up in the grocery store, how you show up at small group, how you show up in your job, how you show up with your kids. Don't you want to live from this like overflow space of good things pouring out of you that bless others? Then let your whole life Monday through Saturday be in preparation for how God wants you to interact with the world and worship. What I mean is pray in your car when you're in a little drive to the school while your kids are yakking in the back seat or even if there's like Disney Moana music over in the car constantly and you want to hurt people. Uh, take that time to just pray to the Lord. <laughs> little prayers, little breath prayers. 
um, practice praying? Like, uh, how many of you feel really comfortable laying hands on someone else and praying in the vineyard way? Good. Some of you. And some of you are like, I don't do it that often. That's okay. But start doing it. Why? Because when you show up on Sunday to rehearsal and you know that your keys player is going through a tough time, you won't have the thought, oh, well, Maria, because she's the worship pastor or leader, it's her job to pray for the keyboard player. You will just walk towards your keyboard player and say, oh my gosh, I know you've been going through a tough time. I'd love to pray for you. I was thinking about you this week. Does this make sense? We don't, I know this can feel heavy. I'm not trying to make it, but there's an intentionality to life when we're called to be worshipers of God that I think is really pleasing to the Lord. And it's actually not that hard. It's, it's little things like waking up, starting your week saying, God, whatever invitation is today, it's a yes from me. Give me the courage to respond and the ears to hear it. And then there's people in front of you, your son, your daughter, your spouse, your, your parent, your cousin, your brother, you know, your literal family around you, much less your neighbor. There's people all around you Monday through Saturday to practice on. Just, just practice on. Like, if you haven't laid your hands on your children and prayed for them the way that you would in ministry time on a Sunday morning, you're missing out. And I would go so far as to say you will be more powerful in your prayer ministry on Sunday if you're praying regularly that way in your everyday life. You know? And that's why so many times when I'm leading worship, I'm, I've got one ear to the earth going, here's what the music's doing, and one ear to the Lord asking him what his invitations are. And prayer and worship kind of intertwine together in the way that I understand leadership to go. Because again, it's just prayer is like almost a musical conversation with the Lord corporately when we're in worship. And it's more weighted when you're doing it daily than if you're just waiting to Sunday to do it. And I'm forgetful of that. A lot. It's just easy to forget. We need so many more people confident to facilitate ministry time in daily life. Just ready to hear God's little invitation and go for it. Whether that's healing prayer or I just want to encourage you with a, with a thing or a scripture that comes to mind or the person says, would you pray for me? And you're like, uh, sure. <laughs> I have so many people in my church that would tell you if they were here, I get really uncomfortable praying out loud. I don't pray out loud a lot. I don't feel like I'm good with words. I'm, I'm insecure to speak out loud in general. And so I just find myself, I pray in my head a lot. That's fine, but that's also not fine. Because then... You can't be shy. You, you know, like you can be shy. My husband's very shy. But man, if you if you want somebody to pray power in your life, grab Kyle Morgan this week and say, your wife in her seminar said that you're really good at praying. Would you pray for me? He's really good at it. But he's super shy in life. But he's figured out how to find his voice and how to bless other people through prayer because he lives it out Monday through Saturday. You see, when we bathe our, some of you are like, this stuff's so simple. It is. I hope so. I hope you live here like, that was really simple. It's not meant to be complicated. When you, bathe, when you bathe yourself in God's presence, the fruit of it is that you look like him. You shine like him. You radiate him. People are attracted to it in you, this presence. And you're familiar with it when you see it other places because you've been in it. You know, like if, if, um, if you blindfolded me, brought me into this room and I couldn't see through the blindfold and you started to have people talk, I wouldn't know any of your voices cause I don't know you, but I would know my son, Miles's voice right away. And I've only been with him for four years, but I hear his voice every day and he talks a lot. 
like his mother. And I know my daughter, Jovi, and I'd know my husband, Kyle, you know, and hopefully I would know my father in heaven's voice because I talk to him every day. And I'm familiar with how he speaks to me. Now, this can, can be really hard because it's not like his voice is always audible. But you begin to see that your personality is made in ways that maybe you see images. Maybe you experience a picture and you're like, I wouldn't have come up with that picture myself. Or maybe you pay attention and you dream at night. And you go, I wouldn't, this feels like it's saying something. You know, you start to recognize, oh, I, I think God can talk to me anyway, but most of the time, this is how I experience his voice. Why, Annabeth? Why all these things? Again, because this is what I'm telling you when it matters that you live Monday to Saturday. This is what all these little bits and pieces of following Jesus looks like that really informs what people would experience as, as anointed leadership. It really is just walking out daily life with Jesus. Now, bathing yourself in his presence as you become familiar with it means that you navigate others well in it. And then there's this thing of creativity that, that I love that I felt like God was speaking to me about for you guys to remind you that you are creative and that it's his biggest joy and invitation to co-create and co-labor with him. It's not just a like, well, he made good things and, you know, I get to be a part of that goodness. And it is that. But really, it's a deeper invitation. Like, he made good things and he made you to make good things. And that becomes weighted and powerful in this living daily life. There's a book called uh, Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Do you know this book? It's a little book. And he said that he would hear God speak the most and experience spiritual formation most deeply as he was washing the dishes. That's encouraging because my life doesn't afford me to get away to a retreat center for 72 hours all alone with the journal and quiet while the nuns sing in the background, you know, the perfect setting to hear God's voice. No, my life is crazy with small children and and my job and my husband, he has a full-time job. And you know, like, it's moving. We are moving fast. And so to know that I can experience and encounter God while I'm loading the dishwasher, let me be honest, I don't wash dishes. I let the dishwasher do it. But I load it. I, I participate. That's really encouraging. And are any of you familiar with when you're most... Uh, like most inspired that like God would give you a song idea or a painting picture or words to a poem. Like how many of you do artist type stuff? You either write things, you write songs, you melodies, you anything artisty. Okay. How many of you don't, but you really want to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many of you in the first group could say, God mostly, I'm mostly inspired and get ideas for whatever, uh, avenue of art. Like, you know, when God's inspiring you, like, you know, if I do these two things, that's when I'm most inspired for a painting or a song. Anybody? Okay. Maria, what is that? It's when I hear certain messages here in the church and I need to write a song. Okay. So you hear a message and you're like, the church needs this and you want to write a song or a prayer. Who else? Mm-hmm. Ellen. Mm. Okay. Someone else. Yes. Sorry, you have to talk louder. I love you. Oh, Lectio Divina. Yeah. 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 That's. That's great. Someone else. I love this. Yes. I'm often reminded when somebody preaches over a certain Bible verse, mm. then sometimes I'm reminded of, oh, that worship song had that word. And then I'm led to like 
three or four steps down the road to a really old song mm. that touches me. So it's very uh, connected. Sort of a red line there. Mm. Uh, so it, I, I, I guess I just try to fill myself with as much as possible, and then something pops up, and oh, that's that's where I go. It's beautiful. Anyone else? Yes. It's good. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So I love this because the reason I, I, if I'm going to speak for all of you that shared, the reason you're familiar with that is because you've noticed enough that that's how God inspires you into creativity, right? You've spent time enough to go, oh, God's talking to me right now. Wouldn't you love to be a person that just walks in creativity like a daily thing instead of, well, I have a songwriting retreat come up, so I'm going to like get real creative the first two weeks before it, and then I'll show up with some ideas, and then it's all dead to me for the next year and a half until we have another creative spot, right? You know what I'm saying? Like a faucet that you're like, oh, i got to go turn that on again. you know. And there's like, oh, turn it off because life's happening again. I think that's possible. I, I do think there's seasons where you have more stuff, right? Like there's just more stuff flowing out of you. But I really do believe, like for me, do you want to know when God speaks to me a lot? When I'm blow-drying my hair. I just lost all credibility with all of you. It's true. It's true. Like, I don't know why. I don't think, I don't know if it's the hum of the, <laughs> but I'm not joking. I, it's weird. It's the weirdest thing. But you know what? It's not great to blow dry your hair, by the way. Heat's bad for hair. But we do blow dry our hair often when we need to look nice, not like this camping week. I didn't bring a hair dryer, guys. Uh, so God hasn't been talking to me. No, just kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Um, but it's really cool to find him in some daily things, like very simple daily things, you know? Like my hair's wet. I got to be in front of people. I'm going to dry it. Oh, and God's going to maybe talk to me about the people I'm going to be in front of or the, the meetings I have that day. Mm, oh, yeah. I'm meeting with Eric, and he's having a hard time in his marriage. Lord, what do you want to say about that? You know what I'm saying? You just got to ask him to do it. And sometimes he's great at just, like, you know, coming in and doing it anyway. And usually that is how he is, but we're not always paying attention because we're busy. It's not because we're trying not to listen. It's because we're busy and we're distracted and life is busy and we're distracted. You know? That's what I mean. Monday through Saturday living is super, super fun and super, super great. And it's also applicable to Sunday. But so many of you serve in a church in some way on Sunday and it's the outpouring. And sometimes I just like to think about this big old bucket that God's wanting to fill up all week. And then I get to pour it out on the people. And then I get my bucket again. Carry it around all throughout life. He's filling it up. Dumping it out again and again and again, you know. And uh, sometimes I think the buckets expand the more. God loves to give us more and more if we're responsible with the small. You know, there's stories about that in the Bible. He loves when you're really responsible with the little small daily things. And then he gives more and more. And it's not like a ladder. It's not like a fame thing. Like more and more. Some people are like, yeah, bigger stages, more famous songs. Oh, no, just more. Like more people to bless, more words to give, 
uh, more moments where you're just like, there's his presence. Oh my gosh, there's his presence. There's his presence. More that way. The stuff that matters, you know? Uh, any questions so far? Okay. So we're going to pray at the end of this. What time is the end of this? 12? Can we'll, we'll def- It's 12.15. It, what time is this end? 12.15. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, good. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I said it. I said it. I said it. I said it. Uh, one more, one more remembrance. Um, no, how how many of you have been serving in in worship uh, for more than ten years? Okay, how many of you? Thank you. Don't raise your hand again because this will apply to you the rest of the time. Okay, how many of you have been serving in worship for five years, at least five years? How many of you have been serving in worship two years? One year, three years, the, the, the latter. How many are new to worship serving? Okay, okay. So what I'm about to say, uh, if you haven't given away what you already are doing, you got to start. You got to give away right away. Right away. Now, I didn't know that this was important, and it was just a grace of the Lord. He was very kind to me. So when I started leading worship, uh, I didn't lead. I didn't do music growing up at all. I, I played football, as you guys call it, soccer, as we call it. Um, I was from a family of four brothers, and they were sports obsessed. And so I just knew, like, I got to do the sports thing in order to keep up with my brothers. So I did. I played sports through college, uh, through university, I think is what you call it here. And music came into my life late. And um, so I was 21. Yeah, 21 when I first started singing. And then like 22 when I tried to play the first G and C chord of my life um, and on the guitar. And I, um, for whatever reason, I had this girl that... Her name was Carrie. That right away, like my first, one of my first times leading worship, she came up to me and she said, Hi, I want to be a worship leader one day. Would you mentor me? Wow. Uh, okay, first off, good on her for asking. There's not many people that are willing to ask for that, but there's a whole ton of people wishing and wanting someone to offer that. How many of you like would turn down if your favorite leader came up to you and said, I want to give everything God's given to me to you. You'd be like, no, thanks. Right. And so when, when my sweet friend Carrie said this to me, I, I, I immediately shot her down by saying, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that is because this is my first time leading worship and I don't think I can mentor you because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And she started laughing. She said, well, it didn't seem like that. And I was like, oh. And then I started crying. I was like, really? I just felt like it was terrible, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, and here's the deal. In that moment, I feel like the Lord said, you have something you can give to her. You may not know how to, like, put a set list together yet. You may not even know, like, any version of music theory, any version, you know, uh, you may only know the chords G, C, D, and every once in a while the E minor. And don't even get started on the A minor because that is just hard to reach down there. You know, like I may have been at that point in my guitar playing, right? Uh, but you have something you can give to her. And y'all, I mean, it was comical. Like I wish I had a video camera that I could then show you. It's like this is what mentoring looked like. <laughs> it was comical. There was not much there. Honestly, though, because of the responsibility of trying to love Carrie well and encourage her, like, you can do this, too, while she's right on my heels, you know? You can do this, too. Crap. (laughs) You can do this, too. Yeah. Because every time I'm like, can I just get a little further from her? Like, I want to feel like I I know what I'm doing, the space between us. And the Lord's like, nope. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, crap. You know? And it it made me feel so insecure, but the reality was... 
it grew me so much technically and spiritually because like I had a responsibility to this person to, and I wasn't responsible to them. So I don't want to put too much heaviness on it, but I had this opportunity to just anything I would learn, I'd then give to her. This was like a theme of my worship leading. So that happened right away. And honestly, the, the only thing I was really teaching her about was a little bit of singing. Now, I don't have a vocal degree. My degree is in science. I have a degree in biology, psychology, and exercise science. I was going to have my doctorate in physical therapy. And somehow I ended up in church ministry. And so um, I didn't have a lot to offer her technically. But she would just be like, how do you get your voice to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's try it together. And then I'd sing and I'd go, ah, and I'd say, can you do that? Ah, I'm like, okay, that sounded right. And then I'd be like, please God, let my ears, you know, cause you're going, I don't even know if my ears are right. Yeah. I didn't know nothing. Y'all. I knew nothing. So then if you fast forward, um, about a year or two later, we had to move for my husband's studies and I was leading worship and I wasn't like so much better two years later, but I was better. But the guitar was always like, I just was like, oh gosh, singing and playing the guitar at the same time is not easy. It just feels like I'm doing 12 things at one time, right? And this guy grabbed me and said, hey, would you be willing to teach acoustic guitar at our school of worship? And I'm like, sorry, no, what the heck? No. And I said, I don't have any musical theory training. I don't know what I'm doing. Why would you ask that? And they're like, well, you just played the guitar up there. And I'm like, That was not playing. That's called hacking. (laughs) You know, like it's not good. (laughs) And they're like, we really need somebody. Now, hey, you're going to be teaching the beginners. And I was like, like beginner beginners, like they barely know how to hold the guitar beginner because I'm like, again, this is me. And here's the beginner, you know, right on my heels. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. And I taught guitar y'all I became a student of the guitar because I felt like a fraud I was like reading every week I'm like what should you teach a beginner next week you know because I was like oh no you know what I got really a lot better at my guitar (laughs) can I be honest with you guys if if that didn't happen I may have been lazy I may have just relied on the strength I had singing and been that girl that's like I can get by on my guitar, but really I, I just sing, right? And I'm not saying that if you lead from your vocals, that's bad. You don't have to learn an instrument. But guess what? I can go anywhere and lead you in worship now. I can, you can, I can take you to our cabin, and if I grab Martin's guitar, then I can lead the people because I didn't bring a guitar with me this time. But you know what I'm saying? That's why I always encourage people to pick up an instrument because it's really hard to lead worship in a small group in your apartment singing a cappella. It's just it's uncomfortable, we can do it, and but most people don't want to do it. They want an instrument. But I would have been lazy because it's hard to do as an adult. I was an adult, y'all. I was in my 20s, you know? This wasn't like 12-year-old Annabeth who still thinks she can conquer the world. This is more settled in her ways, Annabeth, who was like, do you find yourself as an adult scared to do new things sometimes? Like, if it's not going to be easy, it's like, why do you want to do it? Life feels hard already, you know? And so I'm so grateful that God taught me early, give away right away what you have. Now, most of the time, I haven't had to say that to to too many rooms. Because the reality is, is maybe you're going, I haven't given anything away like that. In a long time or ever, that is okay. But would you just start? Would you just start? Would you just find one person and give something away? Now, that something does not have to be musical things. Like I'm trying to encourage our worship team right now at my church to find someone in life to read the Bible with. Because I don't know about your countries, but our country is in a crisis. No one cares what the scripture says anymore. There's a lot of people willing to say that they believe in Jesus but they don't really want to live by the authority of Scripture. And that's scary to me. And I'm not even saying I understand all of what Scripture says, but I'm at least willing to continue to be a student the rest of my life of it. So I know that feels like a rabbit trail, but some of you, the thing you can give away to somebody is just sharing like, hey, why don't you and I meet for eight weeks 
once a week and read the Bible together. I'm going to give you eight weeks though. Because how many of you hate when like you start to lead a small group and there's no end to it? You know what I'm saying? And you're like, I've been leading this small group for four years and I'm really, really tired of it. You know, like it's good to give yourself a time frame on things so that, you know, you can meet with other people. Does that make sense? Give away right away. If I go and I eat at a beautiful restaurant here in Sweden this week, right away for my friends that will either live here or at this camp, I'll be like, have you heard of, you know, whatever it'd be called. I would tell you right away because it's delicious food. Give away right away the best things that you start to learn right away. Like you would tell everybody about your favorite restaurant. And don't disqualify that you're not good enough to give away or I'm not a teacher so I can't. Just make it up. God isn't going to be mad at you. He's never mad when we're willing to be generous and give. But when we hold on to things, even if it's never, I don't think our motivation ever in life is I'm being stingy like I'm not willing to share this. Sometimes it is if it's Reese's for me. But most of the time the motivation is I feel insecure and I don't feel like I'm going to do a good job of giving away. It still looks the same though as being stingy. Even though you know like I'm not doing this. I, I mean I'm just doing this because I'm not sure how to. And I don't know. No, no. doesn't matter. You're still withholding the thing that God so freely gave to you. Just give it away. Much less run the risk of giving it away and them being better than you. That really starts to mess with you. Yes? I find that the attitude of people see the attitude that you say, look what I've got, instead of you saying, look what I've found. Like mm. you want to share mm. with you what... That's beautiful. I remember a guy showing me how to do the, I don't know, A minor 7. And he was like so excited about it. And he and immediately he showed me. And I was like, oh, thank you. Mm. So simple things. Yes. And, and if it's done with, with joy and excitement, it's like, look what I found. Yeah. Uh, then, then it's... Uh, it's beautiful. It's easy to give and it's easy to receive. Yes. Yes. Mm. And um, one of the guy there on the board, uh, he's from Netherlands. Um, yeah, um, and he's he was running his own company, and he said that um, when I teach my employees and they get better than I am, then I know I did a good job. I think that was amazing to say. It is amazing to say. Because, I don't know about you guys, but it's hard to believe that there's always room at the table. You know, it can start to feel like, especially in worship. In worship, there's a whole culture around, like, the new young person and when do you age out. And, 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 and the reality is none of that matters to God. He's not looking down going, like, hey, you're almost 40, so, yeah, you better get to leading because you only got six more months. You know, like he, he, but he also isn't looking down going, you're always going to get to lead worship. I'm going to feed your ego the rest of your life. You know, like that's not how the kingdom works. Honestly, it's really beautiful when you start to feel that sense of it's not up to me anymore. I've raised people up and it's not just because I'm so tired and when I get rested, I'm going to come take it back from them. You, I believe that God goes, no, I'm preparing another spot for you. And maybe that spot is playing the acoustic guitar along the back wall of the band. It's not singing into the microphone, but that's still a spot he prepared for you, you know? And again, there, there would be normal grief in that because I don't know about y'all, but one day I, I hope to not be the worship leader because <laughs> I'll be older and probably dated or whatever. But like, that'll be hard. I'll miss it. I love leading worship, right? Like, we don't want to negate and say, like, because I love Jesus so much, nothing bothers me. You know, that's not real. But, yes, if we could all live like that man and say my goal is to anybody I give away to, not only for them to not be back here, but me to be like, oh, you're getting faster than me. Why don't you go on around me and take off? You win this race. Get it, girl. Get it, dude. You know? I mean, I get really emotional thinking about that. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So give away right away, okay? Can you do that?
right away. And you're going like, there's nobody to give away to. Uh, again, there's your family right there in front of you. Like so many times, I'm like, kids, <laughs> I'm confessing my sin right now, okay? Kids, go downstairs and watch a show. I'm trying to prepare my set list. Because, why? Well, because my son likes to come up while I'm strumming the guitar and put his hand on it. And then I'm like, right? It mutes it. And I'm like, Miles, stop touching my guitar. I'm trying to play, right? There could be like another thing happening there. Oh, are you interested in this guitar, son? Come here. Come here. Instead of putting your hand, here, take your fingers and strum while I move my my fret hand. Come here. You want to sing this with me, son? We're going to sing this on Sunday together, right? Y'all, that takes great patience for me. Why? Because I'm squeezed and I only have 20 minutes to practice my set list and I don't need him taking 10 of it to mess with the guitar, right? I mean, this could just be an American thing, but that's how I'm wired. It's like, honey, I'm on a schedule here, right? I don't know. I don't think that's it. I think God's like, hey, you have people to practice with right in front of you. If your son's showing interest and wants to be with you while you're preparing your set list, then why don't you teach him? He's only four. So what can you teach him? Hey, honey, come and sing with me. Hey, again, come play this song with me, right? I mean, there's just a different way to think. But I don't intuitively think this way. I'm not that nice. I'm impatient. You know? Um, we're almost done because I, I wanted to pray for a few things. But is there any questions? I, I promised, you know, is there any questions you were hoping to hear about worship specifically? Is there any question about anything I said? You're like, how do I do this? No. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you are if you are using your passion, you know, to be a worship leader, um, do you have to play an instrument or no? Yeah, because I've seen people that don't. Yeah. But I prefer that you know spend play an instrument, but don't have to. No, you don't have to at all. I think where where all my friends that in our church that don't lead with an instrument get stuck is trying to practice during the week because they don't have an instrument to practice with. So then they're stuck practicing to a recording that may or may not be in the right key for them. Especially like uh, a female is singing a song that a dude's leading on the recording and it's definitely in the wrong key, you know? So then it just takes a little more effort. Those people always have to reach out to me and say, hey, could we get together this week and you rehearse with me because you, like they need a person to accompany them. That's the only, that's the only downfall, right? Is that what you... Yeah. Well, I would say also if you're a worship leader, it makes it a bit easier for you to communicate with musicians. Oh. If you, yeah, if if you're leading worship and you know about music, it's it's easier to communicate with the musicians about what you want them to do. So you need to develop some kind of language. Yes. And you know, I'm not an electric guitarist. And the electric guitarists in my church, they have funny stories about the, the language I use. How I, for example, I tell Simon, like, can you do the whale thing? <laughs> and then he knows I'm talking about this, like, like, long. Like, he knows the know. whale. But you can develop that. It doesn't mean that you have to play the electric guitar to yes. talk to them, But you have to develop some kind of musical language that you, the people around you understand. Yeah. Yeah. There is a difference in leading from your vocals and being a singer, you know. Usually a vocal worship leader has, has a lot of knowledge of music, whether they play an instrument proficiently or not, because, again, they're leading their team through songs, through sets. A singer shows up and says, tell me what song to sing, and I'm just going to sing it, I can, you know, and that's a little different because you're still – directing that singer usually in what to sing or arranging the song. Does that make sense? So that question's more how much ownership do you want in the team? Can I say something about it? Sure. I had an experience with uh, in Norway where the music, uh, the worship leader was that didn't play very well instrument and came from another culture. And... In one setting, we, I just had a question. I said, okay, after that bridge, are we going to take one or two bars? And she wasn't there at all. Ah, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like, and, and uh, we had a talk about it later. I said, you know, it would be good if you find one 
could communicate with the band. So if you are not, don't know, because it's no sin to not know. Yes. Because she's a very anointed leader. It always works. Yeah. But as a musician, yes. I prefer to know if there's one bar or two bars after a bridge. <laughs> if it's not set in the... if. Uh, uh, what do you call it? If it's not written out, yes. detail. Yes. So, so when she did that, everything worked very well. Yeah. So, it's always good to kind of have someone who can communicate musically yes. with musicians. Yeah, and it's humbling. Um, I've been in settings a lot now where uh, it's humbling and beautiful to realize like. I'm probably the least competent musician on the stage, even though I'm the leader. I mean, I don't mean that self-deprecating. I mean that literally like these people have more musical theory than I do. And also, I think one of them must be a producer. I can tell they have really good ideas. So then you just allow them to shine. You say, hey, in our context, a guy named Ryan. Hey, Ryan, what do you think about arranging this song? What ideas do you have? Even I know I'm leading it, but you tell me, right? And then that his gifts in a different way get to fire. And in no way am I saying mine or less, but he's different than me. You know, like sometimes that's the biggest deal is like humbling ourselves to say worship leader doesn't equal you have to do everything, you know, but you do have to know some things. And I think the worship leader's job is to be as free as possible of the musical work on a, in a space to engage the people. So I want to be really good at the music so that I'm intuiting, like I'm not tied to my chord chart. I'm not tied to every little detail. But instead, I'm like, yeah, I can play this song in my sleep. What are you doing, Lord? Where are we going with these people to facilitate the presence of God? Even if that means I'm offloading more things to my drummer. Like in our church, the drummer runs the click. Because I don't want another foot pedal down here to have to think like, crap, I need to turn the click off when God's talking to me about what he wants to do, you know? So just go ahead and let go of the responsibility to have to do it all. And start calling up the few people you have and ask them, hey, would you learn Would you learn GarageBand and load clicks for us? Would you think about arrangements of this song? Would you start to share? Not because you're being lazy, but because you're, again, giving away. And you're going, I don't want to do it all because it distracts me from the purpose, which is facilitating God's presence. You know? You have the mic in front of your face. So your voice is going to be heard. So where you take the people is really important. You know? Okay. I'm just going to end and then we're going to pray. Is that good? Yeah. Um. God has really great plans for your life, really great plans. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says that he calls you his masterpiece. And it even says at the end of that pass, uh, that verse, it says, and he has good plans that he has prepared and planned for you long ago. So he says, you're my masterpiece, and I have these good plans that I prepared for you long ago. I love that. I love that God was so intentional to have things prepared for me long ago. There's a sense of steadiness in me and peace that it brings to know that he's not making it up as I go along in life. You know? You know what I'm saying? You know those people that you could get a, a sense? It's like they're just making things up. They're like, yeah, I got this. And the, you're like, yeah, you got that. You did that five seconds ago, didn't you? Yep. But we're doing it. We're making it up as we go, right? Sometimes we have to do that. God never does that with you. His plans for you have been prepared long ago as he formed you in Psalm, you know, 139. All the little hairs on your head, every detail of your body, everything about you is prepared long ago. So these good plans he has for you are steady in the steps that you take with him, right? He's leading you towards more of what he has. So he really wants to be in all the details of your life. Hence why I hypered for so long on the way you live Monday through Saturday. And I get that life is hard. I know that today it's easy to be like, yeah, you must live a different life than me, Annabeth. I, I, my life has been wrecked by hardship. So has mine. I've had more death in the last five years in my life than most people have 
maybe not most people by the time they're in their 90s, but definitely by the time they're not quite to 40. My brother, my dad, uh, my grandmother, my best friend, like I all in five years. And I don't say that for y'all to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel so sorry for you. I say that to say there can still be a steadiness with Jesus even through the darkest, hardest times of life. God still wants to be in every detail of my life. And he has, he still has good plans that he planned for me long ago, even when it feels like the rug kind of just gets ripped out from underneath you and you don't see things coming, right? So give him access again to every detail of your life. Even if it's hard, even if there's like, I'm not sure how to trust and the weight of life and the fatigue I felt and this chronic condition I have and, you know, and, and he still has good plans for your life that he planned long ago. We just don't live in heaven yet. We chose sin. We chose in Genesis, you know, we human humanity. And so you can still rely on his faithfulness and you can invite him into the daily things, no matter what your life looks like. And as I say that, even right now, the Lord says, but there are some things, if you take this seriously again and re-up and re-remember, there are some things he will ask you to let go of. There's things in your life that are just excess, that are taking too much attention from you. They're, they're, they're consuming your thoughts. They cause you to be anxious. There's, there's just, there's extra things that aren't even bad things. They're just good things, but they're not the right thing. He wants to be in all those decisions with you so that you can be this very beautiful channel of his presence. And I don't mean channel in like the voodoo, you know, new agey way, but like just a conduit of his power and his presence everywhere. No matter how, how hard life feels or how easy life feels, he is consistent and steady and his plans for you are already planned that's really comforting. It's really comforting. So those of you that find yourself in the hardest times in your churches, in, uh, in marriage, and anything like that, God has good plans for you. And he wants to be in the details again. Even if you're like, but I'm so, so disappointed. Run to him again with the disappointment. Run to him again with the request, run to him again, trust him again, and then let him, he loves to give away right away, you know? So he's just wanting to give away, give new knowledge to you, give, give new ability to wait, which sucks. I hate waiting. Give new ability to fill in the blank. But the hardest stronghold to deal with in life usually is our own insecurity. It's our own feeling of we lack. And it, ma- it manifests in its way, usually by self-doubt and comparison, you know, especially an artist. And so instantly you start to believe that you can't create beautiful things. Instantly you believe that your voice is more noise or that you don't need to write a song because there's a million songs being written, you know. But that is not true. That's not true. The truth is, is that If the songs you write only impact five people, it's kind of like the story that Mike told today, Sam. Now he was in front of 8,000 people, which is epic. But, But the one is the point, right? The one is the point. And so for prayer today, I just thought, uh... It would be good for all of us. Will you guys stand up? Because I know it's it's hard to sit here and talk, uh, listen to me in the heat. Thank you for not falling asleep fully. I thought it would be good if uh, we individually before the Lord uh, just gave a yes to him again. So you just begin to, to give a yes to him again, like, and I'm going to do this with you. Lord, I give a yes to you again. 
I give a yes to being intentional in how I live my life Monday to Saturday and Sunday. But in the daily things, God, you, you want to show up and empower me. You want to increase my ability to hear you. You long to just be with me. So help me make space, God, more room for you. More room for reading the scripture, God, if that's something that you haven't been doing. More room for listening to worship music and bathing in in the songs that your churches are going to worship to. More room for believing that God can show up in the little moments, like, again, blow-drying your hair, loading your dishwasher, walking in the woods, hearing a script, uh, a message and all the things that were shared. We give a yes to you, God, in the details that are the hardest, places we've experienced loss, places that we feel like you've not answered, but we continue to ask, places that we feel hurt within the church, outside of the church. We give a yes to you for what you have for us. Let your kingdom come, God. And there's some specific invitations. You can stay in a posture of, you know, keeping your eyes closed. But I'm going to say three things. And if it doesn't apply to you, I would like you to open your eyes and then look around the room for somebody that's got their little hand raised. Okay, I need some help with prayers. That sound good? All right. So if you, as I was talking, you would say, like, I just really don't feel like I hear God's voice. Like, when whatever that looks like. Audibly. Like, I'm not sure how God speaks to me. It's And... It's not, it's, you're not disqualified by that. It's something you really desire. You're like, and it's not, a, I want to hear more. I do hear from, this is like, I don't hear from God. You, if you, we, we want to lay hands on you and ask God to speak to you, to open your ability to hear him. So, um, so that's one invitation. Don't raise your hand yet. Another one, if you've not created anything, so a song, uh, again, I don't want to keep it to just songwriting, but if you desire, like, I just don't feel creative, but I do, I do want to co-create with the Lord. We want to lay hands on you and pray for you as well, for God to inspire and, and strongly invite you into creating. And then if there's any among us that you would say, I cannot shake deep insecurity like I constantly at the end of a day am wrecked by the thought that I'm just not enough and something is really wrong with me like I I I never feel confident I never have confidence we'd like to pray for you today too okay so you want to hear from God but you don't feel like you do you want to be co-creating with the Lord but you don't feel like you're inspired or or know how and then you just are wrecked with deep insecurity I want you to just, you can leave your eyes closed. I just want you to kind of put a hand up so I know who it is. Okay, so people that don't have their hand up, can you open your eyes? And y'all that do, just leave your eyes closed, and then people are going to come, and they're going to lay their hands on you. Somebody ask, why do you have your hand up? Okay, so that don't just go in blindly praying, and then go in blindly and pray. But ask them what they want prayer for, okay? Do you see what I'm saying? So there's people with their hands raised, just begin to go around them and minister. Okay. And then, um, it's, it's all, it's time to be done, but we'll finish this up. Okay.